Hi, Father. Good afternoon. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody else. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. This with, is 23 Minutes. With these, uh, we have new microphone stands that we're using to record, which those of you listening cannot see them, but it reminds me of the um, the SNL NPR skits. It's very similar. I feel like we're on NPR. Right Am now. I on NPR? It's a dream come true, isn't it? That would be. Yeah. yeah that, that's, that's the ultimate. Meanwhile, meanwhile, we're in our conference room. We're back. It should be a little quieter today. I was laughing last week as I went back to to edit down the podcast how loud it was in the background. The construction it sounds. Was pretty funny, actually. Well, you were the ones pounding the wall and making noise, just a, a special <laughs> yeah. effects. Yeah, it'll be it'll be December. And, oh, that construction noise. <laughs> you hear the pounding. Yeah. So anyway, still exciting things going on this week, despite uh, a little less noise behind well, us. Well, Monday morning, I was here at 7 o'clock, and the truck was already here de- delivering the new pews. It took all day to unload them, but all of the pews... And all the kneelers, and all the extra chairs, and all the tables, and uh, you name it, everything was in one semi-trailer. That really amazed me as well. I couldn't believe Care- how... Carefully stacked. And uh, they had a, a whole crew, a large crew of people, taking one item out at a time. Yeah. And they were just very methodical. and They did, and they, they brought everything into the church. They placed it in its approximate location, at least the pews. Yeah. And uh, now the rest of this week, they're working to actually finish building them and installing them to the floor. Just, just in case people wonder and try to picture this, the pews, the seat part comes intact with the cushion on it. However, the legs are not attached. So they set them on the floor. Which means there's no leg room. You feel like you're, you're just, you know, doing it to sort of, uh, what do you call it? Your cross legs. You're sitting on crisscross applesauce is the politically correct term nowadays. For or that's for your your girls say that. Yes, huh? crisscross applesauce. That's okay. <laughs> all the rage in the preschool and kindergarten classrooms. That means you sit there without your legs hanging down. Correct, but um, yeah. So it looks like. It's actually one big fancy preschool classroom right now because everybody's sitting on the floor. But beautiful, beautiful wood. Mm-hmm. I think it really starts pulling the whole room together. You get a, a feel for the vision of everything, all the different colors that are coming into yeah. play. So it's cool. It's, it's fun to see, and we can't, uh, you know, we keep saying we can't wait for all the, of you the, to see it as well. The other things, they, they put down the screens yesterday, so we got the projectors lined up. We did. Yeah, projectors work. Screens came down. That's exciting. They're starting to put up some new of the televisions out in the connection center. And I learned how to turn the lights off in the building last night. The lights you can turn on and I off. I can now? turn them on and off. There's a button that says turn on. Yeah. <laughs> and you push it and everything goes on. It's so easy a pastor can do it. Well, wait a minute. It's more complicated. Turn off automatically turns them off except for the the clear story lights are up in the top, which mean they go on again so that it's the night motif. Right. This is very, we're going to reprogram it, though. It makes no sense that yeah, way. But I was able to take care of that, too. Because so, so. you had a good teacher. I had a, Yeah, and Michael showed me yeah. brief, before he went home. <laughs> anyway, so this week we are continuing our study of John chapter 6. It's been very, you know, I find it funny that we just did this three years ago, and I felt like three years ago we said and digested everything we possibly could have about John chapter 6. But it's amazing, just in three years' time, it's like, hearing all of this over again for the first time and and re-digesting it. I did something that one should do but doesn't always do. 
I went back and looked at my homilies from three years ago. To see what you talked about? To see what I talked about each week. Okay. And at the time, I really thought I was right on target. You did? <laughs> did you this, pat yourself on the back? Well, at the time, I thought, this is, a, this is good. This is good. Well, we did the series. It was Filled Up, Not Fed Up was the name of the series. Correct. Yeah. Well, this time I went back and reread them, and I thought, you mean I had nerve to say this three years, three years ago? ago? But, you know, that always happens. I think it's partly because I do read the scriptures with different uh, insight, mm -hmm. different experience each time. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, they do. that's the beauty of the scripture. It speaks to me differently each time. Which is great. So let's recap wh wh where we've gone so far. Okay, let's start at the very beginning. A very, a good, very place good place to, to start. start. Okay, so <laughs> I'm glad you didn't make me sing it. I wouldn't subject our listeners to that. Okay, we got to start with the feeding of the crowd on July 29th. Okay. A large crowd followed him, and he fed them with five loaves and two fish. Yeah. And then the next week, he was back at Capernaum, so he had kind of moved through the night. Mm -hmm. And then he followed them, and he said, okay, let me give you a teaching on this. You're not just talking about loaves and fish. Let's talk about food from heaven. Right. You are hungry for more. I don't want you to ever be hungry again. Mm -hmm. And that was very exciting. So then this past Sunday, we talked about it's not just the, the bread come down from heaven, but it's the bread for eternal life. And that was the new phrase. And, and last week's show, we talked about what does it mean to live forever? That yeah. was kind of our... Forever. Our topic. And not ever. Handel's Messiah. Okay. No. <laughs> and ever. And ever. Okay. And then at the very last line, the very last line on August 12th, was I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. So he introduced another new word, my flesh for the life of the world. Flesh being the key word. Flesh being the key word. But this week. This week starts off with that same line. So, so we're overlapping. Very well said. It's like when you turn on Netflix and they recap the show that you just watched before and the first... Previ previously in the Gospel of John. Yeah. <laughs> what you mean? And now, I don't know if you noticed on Netflix, now you can skip the intro or skip the recap. It's a great feature. Do you have an idea? What but I'm that's talking? only if, if you're binging. Right. I don't see them that close together. I need the you intro need the recap. I don't even remember what I had for lunch. <laughs> what show was I watching again? Yeah. So yeah, so this week we uh, we reiterate that beautiful line from John chapter 6, verse 51. Which is the line that I just read. So he introduces the word, is my flesh for the life of the world. And then let me continue reading it. The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Now this is, this particular week, we're mm -hmm. getting into the very core of chapter 6. Mm -hmm. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where the people have to either take it to heart or or leave, which is what's going to happen next week. You know, the Jews are really getting a bad rap in this series because last week they were murmuring. This week they're, they're quarreling. quarreling. They're quarreling. Yeah. Next week they're going to be... Uh, leaving. Le <laughs> Poor guys. Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you. By the way, that phrase is used in John's gospel mm -hmm. about a thousand times. Amen, amen, I say to you. Is that an exact count? Uh, no, I didn't count it. Oh. But I think I'm going to start using that at staff meetings. Whenever something comes up, I'll say, Amen, amen, I say to you. <laughs> this is where you pull our attention back. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
That'd let's be try, the day. Let's try that this week. Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever meets my, eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true, true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. So there he ties it back into what he was saying during week two. All of this is the quote. That's why I didn't stop. It's the part where Jesus says, amen, amen, I say to you. And All the he, way to the end. And then he really says it to them. Yeah. I mean, it's it's radical what he says, though. I mean, we read it with our eyes that have heard it and read it before. That's precisely the problem. We, we really should be shocked. You should hear it like, what is he saying? Yeah. My flesh and my blood. Now, sometimes you hear a kid, uh, they'll hear this for the first time. They'll say, I remember a little girl a couple years ago. We said something about my flesh and my blood, and she said, ugh, because her idea of blood is pretty bad. Yeah. Well, all of, I think all of us, you know, whenever we see blood, the goal is to get it to stop. And Jesus didn't say, stop me from bleeding. He said, drink my blood. Um, it's, it's a profound statement, and it must have been very confusing for them. It was confusing for the crowd then. It was confusing for the early church. It continues to be confusing. And so you have to have the debate, what does this mean? It does not mean literally grab his arm and bite bite his arm. We're not zombies. Nope. They wouldn't go for arms anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That, that crazy zombie stuff. I know you're not a big zombie fan. I, well, I love the original movie. The whole concept started with a movie called Night of the Living Dead. Uh-huh. It was the original one. I think it was remade. But the original movie is a great, great movie. What um, year was it from? Night, I'll look it up. Night of the Living Dead. I don't know make, if I've even ever seen make it. Make sure you see the original. And it has a heartbreaking end, which I won't give away. Yeah, don't. Spoiler alert. I wonder if it's on Netflix. I doubt 1968. it. 1968. Yeah, 1960 uh, B movie. I love all the originals, those black and white movies. And yeah, it, it all takes place in one night. Okay, I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna try to track it down and watch it. I'm oh. sure it's awful. No, it's, it's not good. awful. <laughs> trust me. Is okay. I'm trust gonna, me. All right. Come on, if you can't trust me, I trust you. I would trust you with okay, anything. All of you people out there listening, did you hear what Michael just said? He trusts me in anything. We're gonna have a movie night on our new TV here in the conference room. Okay. Uh, let's go start with The Night of the Living Dead. 65 inches of glorious horror films. For a 1968 movie. I'll bring the popcorn. Okay. I will bring the appetite, but let's get back to this. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to... I, I, I think some people may have just been offended when I said it should shock you. And we're like, even the kid that says, yuck. Because we don't take it... We've... Uh, we have claimed cleansed it somehow we no longer get the grit of the whole thing Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus is basically saying I want you to live off of my life Mm -hmm. and he's using very physical visceral terms and visceral is a good word yeah 
It's yeah. fun to listen to. Yeah. It it's it's the I think of Pope Benedict, our retired pope, who was a great theologian. He was really quite a good theologian and under the name of um uh, Ratzinger, mm-hmm. uh, Cardinal Ratzinger, and he 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 wrote this, and I don't think it was. I think he borrowed it from maybe Saint Augustine, but he borrowed the phrase that said, "Anything else you eat becomes part of you, but when you consume the Eucharist, you become part of what you consume." Hmm. So the whole idea of eat my flesh, drink my blood, Jesus is saying, "I am." longing to be part of your life Mm -hmm. i am longing for you to be part of my life how much more how much closer can you get do you think i mean obviously they didn't get it yet but do you think at the last supper when he was uh breaking the bread and passing it and he said this is my body they were finally like oh i get it now i get what he meant when he was saying these crazy things to us that we didn't understand. Do you think? No, no. I think they did at one level. I think it was, it had to take the collective conscious consciousness of the church centuries to continue to meditate on it, just as we do today. We mm-hmm. have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it's collective. It's not just, I, I get it. It's more like, they probably at the Last Supper knew that it was a, a communion and the word communion means union, mm-hmm. union with. They knew there was a communion going on. They were being united with the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's if It was not a standalone because Holy Thursday lends itself to Good Friday. Good Friday is the sacrifice on the cross. Mm-hmm. So if you talk about flesh and blood, the blood was flowing from the cross. Mm-hmm. You know, He probably dro- died of a loss of blood. Most people who are crucified died of asphyxiation. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing is you're hanging suspended. Your feet are on that little block. The weight of your body pulls you down and you have trouble breathing. Mm -hmm. So you put your strength on that little block and you pull yourself up and you take a deep breath. But then it's so agonizing, excruciating pain on your hands that you let go again and you drip down. Mm -hmm. And then this goes on and on. That's why, because the next day was going to be a Sabbath, uh, the the Holy Sabbath, the Passover. Mm-hmm. They said, "Let's go out and break the legs of the the, uh, the 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 criminals, because if the legs were broken, they couldn't pull themselves back up again, and they would die quicker." They wanted to expedite the process. Exactly. So when they came to Jesus and they saw he was already dead, it was probably that he died of loss of blood. Interesting. So when he. The whole idea of... That he poured everything out. Everything. Every last bit. Yeah. So the even at, at Mass, we don't say this is my blood. We say this is the chalice of my, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you. Mm-hmm. And, and will be future tense because recalling Jesus' words supper. of the words last supper. words of the Last Supper. Yeah. And the same thing. Jesus doesn't... At the Mass, we don't just say this is my body. This is my body, body given up for you. Mm-hmm. So it's not a static presence, it's an active presence. It's tied in with the action of redemption. How does the Eucharist tie into your spirituality as a Catholic priest? It's the very core. And I would say two two parts. Sunday Mass is basically what I live for. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, truly is. It's certainly I love preaching and I love the 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 scriptures, the liturgy of the word. Right. But the Eucharist, the celebration of the Eucharist, the celebrating with people. It's not, you know, when I was recovering from surgery a couple of weeks ago, I invited a, a, a handful of people to my house. I felt good enough to have mass, yeah. but not an, good enough to be in church uh, celebrating mass with 500 people. Yeah, I didn't get the invite. Thanks a lot. No, well, you had a job to so, do that. <laughs> yeah, some of, Actually, some I, of us were I, at work. I invited one person and I said, bring a few friends. So there were about five people besides myself. And my t- kitchen table only holds six. Good thing it wasn't Night of the Living Dead. It could have been problematic for you. <laughs> it was, it was a Sunday morning. Okay. But we had a beautiful Mass, and it was great. But it's not the same as celebrating with the full community on Sunday. Right. So that's a big part of it. Yeah, like I said, it's basically what I live for. Mm-hmm. When I am unable to be here, even when I'm on vacation, I... I might celebrate, or I always celebrate with a community somewhere. Yeah. But even when I do that, I often will check in back here, as you rightly know. Oh, I do. We last, get, last, I'll get a text message every cu- once in a while. A couple years ago, I was in Finland. Not Finland. Finland, the country of Finland, yeah. Helsinki. Yeah. And seven hours different. So over there, it was in late afternoon, and I went online from my hotel, mm-hmm. and Father Al had just finished the 8 o'clock Mass. But I noticed the the little stand with it that has the Perel that people uh, cl- cl- yeah. sanitize their hands before communion. Yes. It was sticking out. It was not back behind the apron where it was supposed to be. So I texted Michael, and I said, Michael, uh, can you straighten that up before the 945 Mass? And I thought, this man has nothing better to do on vacation <laughs> than to monitor I, his bureau. Actually, at that time on a Sunday afternoon, it was the perfect thing to be doing. It was the perfect thing to be doing before we had the dead time between doing activities during the day and that evening we were going out to dinner. Yeah. In between, I decided to traumatize Mike. I'm going to clip the cord next time so that we can't stream while you're out of town. <laughs> All right. We have about five minutes left, just a little bit less. Um, do you want to touch any of the other readings? I do want to point out that the psalm this weekend and next weekend is the same as last weekend. We continue this uh, singing of Psalm 34, Taste and See the Goodness of the Lord. And you had told me that it was three weeks in a row, and I've been meditating on what beautiful words, taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Mm. So it's not just taste and see. It's okay. Yeah. It's like, it's great. Well, it also is using two senses in the same taste Line. and see that we're, we're taking it in in more than one way yeah but uh, the first reading is from the book of proverbs we don't get a lot of proverbs at sunday mass do we no no there's a few here or there yeah and proverbs is hard to read because it's just a collection of sayings yeah this is about the longest single collection and it's about wisdom wisdom in the old testament is like a personification of a characteristic of god okay the greek word for wisdom is sophia which is a, na- a beautiful name for a woman. Mm-hmm. It is a so it says, name. wisdom has built her house. She has set up her seven columns. She has dressed her meat, mixed her wine. Yes, she has spread her table. She has sent out her maidens. She calls from the heights over, out over the city. Let whoever is simple turn in here to the one who lacks understanding. She says, come eat my food and drink of the wine I have mixed. For foolishness that will... Forsake foolishness that you may live. Advance in the way of understanding. So the contrast is between 
wisdom and foolishness. Mm. Now, of course, that's the first reading. The first reading often is gives a clue to how to understand the gospel. Right. So it's like the the wise person really does understand. Now, this is the true food of life. Mm. Wisdom has spoken and says, "Don't eat uh, junk food. Don't don't eat M and M's. Come to you, the." Have you been eating M and M's? You've been talking a lot about them lately. I love M and M's, but I don't eat them very often. Okay, I'm, I'm very That's good. good. I'm right. very good. I I really, I've been really uh, careful about chocolate recently. It's it's a very it's a slippery slope. Anyway, so don't eat M and M's. We were talking about foolishness. That was yeah. That, that was what that's we, it. That's the wisdom says don't do that, but do eat, do eat, uh, what, what is presented to us. And can you imagine, Jesus is offering us something. And hint, hint, next week we're going to hear how most of the crowd turned away. They just couldn't take it. You know, the beauty, I, I, when I asked you that question, how, how does the Eucharistic play a part in your spirituality, you didn't separate it out as just one moment of receiving communion at Mass, which is oh, obviously no. an important moment. But, but it, it's, it's got to be part of the whole. By the way, I never finished my comment. I said two parts. One is the Sunday Eucharist. Yeah. I never got to the other part. That's the daily Eucharist. Daily Mass. Daily Mass is not the big full community. It's smaller. Mm-hmm. It's shorter. Um, few, fewer readings. It's perhaps more a little bit personal, devotional. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like it's the other half of Sunday. You need the two. They go together. They go together totally. Nourished uh, by the Eucharist and sustained by the scriptures as the beauty of the Catholic Mass. That is it. And it's it's an event. As somebody said last week, uh, after a visitor, as they were leaving, they said, I know something just happened. I think we'll leave it right there. Have a great week, everyone. We'll talk to you next time on the 23 Podcast. Take care. <laughs>